0: Number two of the John and Leah Show. My name is John Ziegler. My co host is Leah Brandon. And each and every Sunday night, we get together, we talk about the news of the week, the events of our sometimes bizarre lives, and we do so in an entertaining, informative, and unique fashion. And each and every week, we take a look at the race for the White House 2016. This is the hour in which we will do that in depth analysis, the likes of which you will not hear anywhere else. Uh, from someone who is um, usually pretty prescient in their presidential predictions, like it or not. And by the way, uh, Leah, one of the many, many uh, misconceptions about me, it's very frustrating, is that people misperceive what I'm telling them is going to happen with... Me wanting that to happen, and right. I, I, I don't understand. To me, this is not complicated. I,
1: because I, nobody wants to be told that they're wrong.
0: Yeah, it's for sure. That is absolutely for sure. But Hope I, springs eternal. I, I and you squash it. Well, <laughs> I look at myself as a doctor. You wouldn't want no, the no. I, you wouldn't <laughs> want the doctor to tell you some bullcrap story about your cancer, would you? I mean, would you want the doctor to tell you the truth? All right, look, here are our options. We got a couple of options here. Let me tell you, if we want to, if we go down the Trump option, here's what's going to happen. You're going to die next November. All right? You might have a great time. You're going to have a great time for the next eleven months. You'll have the time of your life for eleven months, and then you're going to get killed. You're going to yes, die. Yes, but see,
1: that doesn't compute when. You know the people that are backing Donald Trump are looking. You know he says this thing about the Muslim, and he goes up eight points
0: in South well, Carolina.
1: Okay. So, so in their mind, you know every time that he's criticized, he goes up.
0: All right. Well, let's th- let's talk specifically about Trump here. All right. So uh, in the last hour, we talked about. His proposed ban on all Muslims, which is never going to happen, largely because he's never going to be elected president, partially because he proposed banning all Muslims. Uh, so, um, and and it's not because I'm soft on terrorism, folks. I mean, that, it, it's amazing now that the Trump people, if you criticize him on anything. You know, you're a rhino or you're soft or you're not. You know, I mean, are you kidding it's me? True. Really? It is true. It's insane. And you're racist if you criticize Obama. Yeah. And you're a rhino if you criticize Trump. Yeah. Even though a lifelong liberal. A li- I'm, I am, you know, I have more conservatism in my pinky than Donald Trump has in an entire body. <laughs> and, I mean, and, and yet he gets to determine what's conservative now. Um, <laughs> it's insane. It's, it's you know, it's, it's just flat out ridiculous. Uh, so here's. Here's the deal. All right. So whether he made this proposal as a plea for attention, as Marco Rubio said today or over the weekend, did he do it because he just wants to solidify his 30, 35 percent, which is my inclination at this point? uh, Or has he gone insane? And does he really somehow believe that this can help him get elected? I don't know. Maybe he thinks Maybe because he's so confident in himself, he thinks that if I can just win the nomination and get one-on-one with Hillary, she's such a bad candidate, I'll beat her. Um, yeah. But but that's not going to happen. And, and 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 today we got further evidence as to why that's not going to happen, and we got it in a way that only fans of the John and Leah show are going to fully appreciate, <laughs> because three days three days into Donald Trump's candidacy. I realized this was big trouble. Yep. I knew this was a hurricane that was going to blow up the entire process and was going to make it impossible to come up with a candidate to beat Hillary. And I was on the driving range, and I thought, how can we possibly stop this? This is this is bad. This is going to be really, really bad. And it suddenly hit me that the only thing Donald Trump is really going to care about is his relationships with the golf associations because here's a guy who is perceived as nouveau riche as schlocky he the the establishment has never embraced him he you know he's a celebrity the only way for him to get the prestige that he really craves is for the golf associations to grant his golf courses major golf championships. And he was on the verge of doing this with some of the greatest golf courses in the world. And I thought, what if those associations, all of which are filled with wimpy white guys who are going to buckle and cave at a moment's notice, and anything politically incorrect, what if they threaten to pull their associations with him, pull their tournaments from his golf courses, would he cry uncle and get the hell out of the race? Right. This was a brilliant idea. And I even had a good way to implement it. I went to my good friend, Democratic Congressman John Yarmuth from Louisville, Kentucky, where we're on on WHAS in Louisville. I said, John, you're the perfect person. You know, you're a liberal. You know, Trump has just made these statements about illegal immigrants. You can be a hero to the left. I want you to see if, you know, what do you think about you? Because I didn't tell him what to do. I said, what do you think about you getting together with some other Democrats, maybe get a few Republicans to call on the golf Associations to sever their ties with Donald Trump? He said, great idea. Uh, Let me think about it. I'll run it past my chief of staff. Chief of staff liked it. For some reason, one thing led to another. It never happened. I don't know because if, they thought it's better to leave him in. That's my belief. That's my belief is that John and John told me he got a he got a, a ton of signatures for this letter. I don't know what a ton would mean but more than a few, all right? But Bo- from both sides of the aisle. But my guess is and I have not spoken to John about this is that the Democrats started to say, "You know what? Let's just let this thing go." Cuz this is awesome.
1: Well, they and, would say that now.
0: Well, who knows? But anyway, the point is, it never happened. Well, sure enough, in light of the Muslim comments, in the last two days, the PGA Tour has said that they are going to—they have basically said they're going to pull one of their major tournaments from Doral in Miami, which is owned by Donald Trump. They haven't officially announced it, but they made it clear— that that's their intention because they're under contract to do it in 2016. So they're going to reevaluate their options after 2016. But even a bigger deal is that the Royal and Ancient Golf Club, which basically runs all of golf out of Scotland, and they run the British Open, which is the world's most prestigious tournament or biggest tournament, whatever you want to call it. They announced today, or it was reported today, that Trump's Golf Course Turnberry, one of the most historic golf courses in the world, is no longer going to be in the British Open rotation. Now, for people who are not golfers or who don't understand the nature of politics, they think, big deal. What what difference does it make that Donald Trump's golf course is not going to have a British Open in 2020, which was tentatively scheduled to be the case? This is a huge deal. First of all, it's a huge deal to Donald Trump's psyche, all right? Because this, I guarantee you, this is the first thing that's happened in this race where he goes, Well, crap, I didn't see that happening. Because I, I, there's no going back. This is something money can't buy. Money yeah. can't buy you this. And Trump is used to living in a world where money buys him everything. Well, well now he's lost this. It's gone. This was his, his baby, this was his crown jewel. He was going to be the guy, there was going to be a British. Open at Trump Turnberry. Now there's not. Isn't this uh, the golf course where he
1: built it and had all kinds of problems with the locals no, and all diff- that?
0: Now that was different. That's a different golf course. He didn't build oh, okay. Turnberry. It was another golf course in Scotland where he did have to move heaven and earth, literally and figuratively, to get it done. Mm. Um, and, but but see, this is this. We we're up against the break, but this is too important to, to leave off. Uh, so when we come back, I'm going to tell you why. This might end up being the most important thing that's happened yet in the Republican primary race, which I guarantee no one else is going to tell you uh, <laughs> is the case because it got almost no reporting in the, in the political no, realm. You're, you're the reporter. Yeah, well, let me tell you why this is so important when we come back on the John and Leah show on the Free Speech Broadcasting Network. and Leah's show. My name is John Ziegler. My co-host is Leah Brandon. This is our weekly look at the race for the White House 2016. And and Leah, every time we talk about um, Donald Trump, I feel like I need to do a little bit of a disclaimer uh, in that I, I don't hate Donald Trump. Okay? I, I love watching the guy talk. I, I think he's hilarious. I, I love how you much... Asked,
1: I, wait, I thought you were all in on him winning. I well,
0: thought you went with the magic. Well, yeah. I mean, <laughs> With me, it's just works you know it's magic um that's one of the two scenarios that i'll be okay with it's not going to lead to us (laughs) winning uh but it'll be fun as hell Uh, um here's my here's the very short synopsis of my my view on donald trump think he's hilarious love how much he hates political correctness love how he manipulates the news media and exposes them as the jackasses as they are I, i love it i love what he's done on the issue of immigration and on terrorism Uh, it's fantastic to have somebody out there like that. Guess where that person belongs? On a talk show. Okay? Yeah. On a talk show. All right? Not as your presidential candidate in a winnable election against a horrible candidate where we might have our last chance of winning in my lifetime. All right? That's the difference. So, So I like him. I've met him. He supported me on my my work on, my, on the Penn State case. I, I should love him be, just because of that, because he's the only celebrity with the balls to, to defend Joe Paterno, who was obviously innocent and all that mess. So, I mean, so there's a whole lot of reasons why I love Donald Trump, but he can't win. And by the way, he's not that conservative. So, so other than that, Mrs. Lincoln, how was the play? Right. All right. Okay, so let's go back to what happened this weekend with the golf associations which i tried to make happen several months ago it didn't work now it's too late because it's obviously he's way too deep into this whole Yeah, he's thing. in it he's, he's in
1: it to win it now yeah
0: there's no getting out now but this is still really important let me tell you why it's important that the golf associations are severing their ties number one i think it's going to do damage to his psyche and i think there could be a a cumulative effect here because this is as I mentioned in the last segment, this is something you can't get back, money can't buy, and it's something that was very near and dear to him because it meant prestige for a guy who was always perceived as new, nouveau riche and not really classy and you know, this, this he was able to buy his way into the golf world and now he's right. getting now he's getting kicked out. So that's that's huge. Number two, this is also very important. He is now officially radioactive. And that's incredibly uh, important to running a presidential campaign. He is toxic. I mean, let's look at this, folks. You cannot get elected president of the United States as a Republican when the golf community thinks you're toxic. It's it's absurd on its face. I mean, if if the PGA Tour thinks, oh, wow, (laughs) that's too much for our white guys, then there's a problem. But more important than that, I think he is dangerously close to being in a situation where he can't even run a campaign. And what I mean by that is that in order to run a campaign, you have to go to venue to venue. You have to sign contracts. They have to be willing to host you. Well, there are a lot of places that are going to be looking for excuses not to host Donald Trump. Now they just got a huge one. Now now anybody who wants to say no to Donald Trump has blanket cover. Blanket cover cuz even the golf world is saying no more Trump. So any, any venue can say, well, look, we just don't want the protests. There were protests uh, on Friday at his event, which got media coverage. Every single place he goes now, because the media will cover it, there will be altercations. There'll be people that'll have to be thrown out because of security. There are going to be venues who won't like that. And Leah... I even believe and I can't believe it hasn't happened already. There's going to be a bomb threat that will cancel oh, yes. that will, will yes. cancel one of these events yes. that um that it'll maybe even ISIS will somehow be yes. uh, tangentially involved. Then then what happens? Then no one wants to host him. Uh, no one will show up. Right. I I mean, it, the, the campaigns are really very difficult things to run. And this is going to this is going to basically Grind everything to a halt. I mean, it's not quite there yet, but it's damn close. And when you are toxic, when no one wants to touch you, when even golf won't touch you, you can't win 50% in an American presidential election. And here's the final reason why it's really important, and this gets us back to the very beginning of what we started talking about with Donald Trump months and months ago. And that is, once this is all over, he's going to have a huge amount of repair work to do for him to go back to his old life. And there's only going to be one way for that to happen. And, Leah, what is that?
1: Oh, he's going to go indoors,
0: Hillary. That's going to be by far by far the easiest and most effective way for Donald Trump to get his life back, to get back into the good graces, to deactivate the radioactivity. He can just say the whole
1: thing was a big joke.
0: Yeah. I mean, he can, whatever it is. But as long as he is the reason why Hillary wins or gets perceived that way, it'll all be forgotten. It'll be all washed away and Donald will be able to go back to his life As a billionaire, and who knows, maybe even golf will forgive him. I'm telling you, that's where we're headed, folks. This is the John and Leah Show on the Free Speech Broadcasting Network. listening to The John and Leah Show. My name is John Ziegler. My co-host is Leah Brandon. We're taking our weekly look at the race to the White House 2016. And, Leah, we're in a fascinating, if not incredibly frustrating, uh, situation on the GOP side. Uh, there's never been a race, anything close to like this. And it's mostly because of Hurricane Donald Trump. Right. With the effects of which have been even more dramatic than I ever imagined in those first few days as i was plotting on the driving range here in southern california as a way to desperately get rid of him uh you know as as often the case my instincts are good i my my, the worst part about my instincts is i actually underestimate how bad things are going to turn out uh this has been much worse um than even i ever imagined and And who would
1: have thought scott walker would bail immediately while you've still got pataki and i mean people i don't even have never even heard of are
0: still well you know you Let's, and as far as Scott Walker is concerned, wouldn't it be great to have a young, two-term, actually essentially elected three-time governor of a blue state in the upper Midwest uh, with conservative values and a great personal story left in this race? Wouldn't that be awesome? Well, uh, unfortunately, thanks to Donald Trump, and that's the real reason, uh, Donald Trump, that person does not exist, and Hillary Clinton was thrilled Thrilled. I mean, her reaction when Scott Walker left. Well, (laughs) Uh, yeah. I mean, that she was tickled uh, because Scott Walker was one of the two people she feared most. Marco Rubio being the other one. Now, here's where we are in the race, and this is, as I said, it's fascinating yet very frustrating and disturbing. Barring some sort of a catastrophic event, um, there are only three people who can win the Republican nomination who are currently running. Only three, Donald Trump, Ted Cruz, and Marco Rubio. There is no path for anybody else you could maybe argue. It's a circuitous route, and it would take Donald Trump imploding in a huge way in Iowa, which is possible. So I'm going to say there is a possibility of Chris Christie emerging out of the carnage or the wreckage <laughs> of, of a Donald Trump catastrophe and somehow uh, winning New Hampshire and, and like a phoenix out of the ashes, uh, although I still don't believe he's ever going to be able to get past the Jerry Jones jiggle. No. Um, and, and be the nominee. And the hog. Right, right. So, I mean, I, I, I still think he's a eunuch when it comes down to it, he, You know, even if uh, we start flirting with him. Uh, but it's at least within the realm of – theoretical possibility. But in the real world, there are only three people. Trump, which I can't even believe I'm saying it, Cruz, and Rubio. And I got to tell you, my initial interactions with the Rubio campaign uh, are not good at all. And I've had other people who have had similar experiences. So, basically, we're on a wing and a prayer at this point. Um, Because Rubio's campaign is going to have to be as sharp as it gets to be able to withstand this battle. Because unless Trump implodes in Iowa, it's going to be a war to end all wars. Well, Ted Cruz is way ahead of him, so... Well, way ahead of him in in Iowa but that's not Correct. but not nationally. All right. Right, so, but you were talking about Iowa. Okay, well here's the situation. <laughs> here's here's where we are, okay? Hello? Okay. <laughs> well no, I mean Iowa but here let me well, I'm glad you mentioned that cuz people misunderstand the importance of Iowa. Iowa is really only important to Trump from the perspective of um the trajectory of the rest of the race. Iowa is kind of like um, you can think of it like the opening weekend for a movie box office, right? You know, yes. if, if a movie if a movie bombs, if it it's well below expectations that first weekend, it's over. It's over because there's no residual. Everyone shuts down. Oh, this was not a success. If it's big that first weekend, th- you know, th- then it can it can ride the momentum and there's. Overseas sales and there's Mm -hmm. uh, DVD and Blu-ray and uh, it it just has a completely different life to it. And for Trump, it's particularly important because um, obviously his reputation is I'm a winner. You yes. know, I, I'm the alpha male. Well, The if, Mexicans love me. Right. So if I'm the winner and I'm the alpha and I come in with 15% in third or fourth place in Iowa, well, guess what? Now you got a Wizard of Oz. There's, you know, who's the man behind the curtain moment, and the whole thing falls apart. And I think that's still possible. I, I think that's still possible. And And for the cause of beating Hillary, that might be the only scenario where we got a shot to beat Hillary is if Trump— goes down hard in iowa okay but what's going to happen here this is where it, i'm fascinated by this and and this is where trump i have to hand it to him part of it's been luck or magic as he likes to say um and part of it is he is a flipping savant when, when it comes to this stuff mm-hmm. because um you know in the, in the last couple of days there's been a couple of polls One has Cruz way ahead in Iowa, 10 points. 10 points. Um, Another one has him a couple points ahead of Trump. Mm -hmm. Um, And this is actually perfect for Trump. This is the perfect scenario for Trump. It could not be timed more perfectly. First of all, we still got a month and a half before Iowa. We got two debates. One of them's this week. Oh,
1: it's uh, going to be the best one this week, oh, I, I this, do believe. I
0: agree with you. I think this debate has the potential to be fantastic fan- <laughs> on on every possible
1: level. No one's got anything to lose, really.
0: Well, well but let, I want to get to that in, in a bit because I, I, part of what's – mucking up the works here is that a lot of the candidates still think they have a chance (laughs) when when they don't. Um, And that's a a big part of the problem. And so I want to get to that later. But let's talk about why I think this is Trump's in an actually really good situation. I'm a quick learner. I'm wrong the first time a lot. I'm rarely wrong the second or third time because I I watch, I listen, and I learn, okay? Mm-hmm. So let's take a look at what happened in this campaign. Um, Rick Perry went after Donald Trump. Trump responded. <laughs> He's gone. I forgot
1: Rick Perry was even in right. this.
0: <laughs> Trump, Trump went after Scott Walker. Yeah. <laughs> gone. Uh-huh. Bobby Bobby Jindal went after Donald Trump real hard, super hard. <laughs> You're gone. See you later. Now we have a situation where Trump is focusing his machine gun, his media machine gun, which he doesn't have to pay for. That's the most amazing thing because of his celebrity and his ratings, he gets the biggest gun. For free, for Correct. free, he gets to have this gun. So he's so he's got this this he's got the highest point of land. If you think about it in this in warfare standpoint, he's got the highest point of land. He's got the biggest guns. He's got the biggest fort, and all, and, and everyone's below him, and everyone's looking at each other, going, "You charge? No, no, you charge. <laughs> no, no, you. charge. Did you see what happened to Walker? You charge. No, no, <laughs> no, no. I'm not going. You go, Christie. No. I mean, every, so everyone's standing, going. Well, somebody's got to go after this guy. Well, I don't want to be the one to do it, cause <laughs> I'm gonna end up dead. Well, now Cruz ended up in a situation where I think he screwed himself. I think so too. Uh, I think that Cruz, um, for those who don't know, and, and we'll, you know we're up against the break, so we'll, we'll set this up. Uh, Cruz played it too cute, and I think he has checkmated himself. To a situation where he is very vulnerable to. (laughs) And we'll talk about that when we come back on the John and Leah show on the Free Speech Broadcasting Network. Welcome back. This is the John and Leah show. My name is John Ziegler. My co-host is Leah Brandon. Leah, that music reminds me, you know, they ought to make another Star Wars movie, don't you think? Nah, they'll never get around to that. <laughs> or if, if they do, I hope they do one that gets some promotion <laughs> that, that people hear about. I, I hope that that happens eventually.
1: I all have right. to love it though. I I really enjoyed seeing Carrie Fisher out and about. Gosh, she is hysterical. Cuz
0: she just doesn't care. uh uh-uh. oh. She, she just At really all. she just does not <laughs> care, which is fantastic. When you when you you know every once in a while somebody in public life just doesn't give a rat's ass. <laughs> and that's Carrie Fisher. Yeah, okay. Um, All right, so let's go back to um, the situation in the Republican race for the White House 2016, uh, the the race to lose to Hillary at this point, it looks like, Um, and the fascinating situation and why I think that while Trump has screwed himself for having any chance to beat Hillary, should he be the nominee, he's actually in a really good position based upon recent history. To, if not win the nomination, uh, to get what I think might be his real goal, which is to get to the convention and make it into a brokered convention, which, by the way, and I've been talking about this for a long time. I don't know if you saw the news story this week, Leah, but there was a big meeting this week of yeah. Republican shows planning. They're plotting. For, for example, well, planning. Uh, don't say planning. They're plotting. Uh, there's not much they can do to plot, <laughs> Leah. I think they were honestly— They can
1: get some delegates over on their side. Are you kidding me? uh,
0: There's not that. Well, unless they're going to change the rules, there's not that much they can do. But the point is, they were plotting or planning, depending on if you're (laughs) on my side or Leah's side, for a potential brokered convention, which I have predicted is incredibly not just plausible this year, but almost a certainty if Donald Trump stays in with 20 to 35 percent of the vote throughout the primary process, which at this point appears to be by far the most likely scenario. If that happens, it is almost impossible not for there to be a brokered convention of some sort because no one's going to get to the 1,200-plus delegates they need to win the race. All right, so let's go back to Iowa. So we look at the history. Everybody Trump has gone after <laughs> has gone down. And by the way, I forgot to mention Ben Carson, the most bizarre and what I thought was ill advised attack yet. I mean he goes after he goes after Bambi, the most popular guy on yeah. the Republican side in a bizarre 90 minute speech in which he tells the people of Iowa that they're stupid. And what happens? Carson's toast. So if we look at the history here, it's hard not to realize that wait a minute, when Trump points his big guns at you, you're toast. And now it appears as if he has every inclination and every reason to point those guns at Ted Cruz, who has been his buddy-buddy up until literally the last day or two. And what I meant by, when I said earlier, that things are actually breaking perfectly for Trump is that the timing here couldn't be better. Not only do you have two uh, debates left, but one this week, but if, let's pretend that Cruz had made his move in Iowa like a week or two before the caucus, okay? Trump couldn't do anything at that point because, one, it would be too late. Two, it would look desperate. Yeah. But it doesn't look desperate now because we're far enough away and because Trump is dominating all the national polls. So yes. he's still the alpha. So he, he has established himself as the alpha. You only attack from a position of strength. Trump understands leverage better than anybody else I have ever heard of. His whole life is leverage. He understands when to use it. And he's using it now on Cruz at exactly the right time. Because this week we learned that, that Cruz had very, very mildly criticized Trump at a private fundraiser. And then when asked about it publicly, ran away. He so, said, no, 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 no. no no, no. I didn't cry I would never criticize Donald Trump. He's crying tar- I'm not exactly sure that's how it went. Uh, what do you think happened? <laughs> What do you th- I know you like Cruz, so what do you think happened? I do. I like Ted Cruz. Okay, he's t- not fake, and he's oh, not a wimp. Oh, really? So then why did he tweet, Donald Trump is terrific? He's so darling. That- that's
1: been his whole mantra the whole uh, way. But- Even when they asked him about the Muslims,
0: yeah. he said, hey,
1: I respect Donald Trump. I yeah. like Donald no, Trump.
0: But that's bullcrap. It's all about... Him believing that he's going to need and will get Trump's voters once Trump implodes. That's the well, inti- he probably will. Okay, but the the reality is, here's what here's the bottom line. Okay, what, what and you, I don't think you're going to disagree with me on this because you implied it at the end of the last segment that you agreed that Cruz had screwed this up. He has now unequivocally established himself as the beta. To, to Trump's alpha, right? I mean, when, when you tweet out, right. when you tweet out, oh, no, 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 I didn't criticize him. He's terrific. And um, and then Trump gets up there. This is so Trumpy. It's so wonderful. Trump, my favorite line of, of, of what Trump has said about Cruz in the last couple of days is, here's a guy that will agree with me no matter what I say. <laughs> in fact, at one point, Trump even said, I've even said some crazy things that he agrees with. <laughs> I mean, that's that's a pretty close, that's not a quote, but that's a pretty good paraphrase. So that's how crazy Trump is. Trump is actually disrespecting Cruz for agreeing with even the crazy stuff that Trump says.
1: All right, but the thing that really made me upset is what he said this morning on Fox News, uh, on Fox News Sunday. Do you want to hear that?
0: Yeah, let's hear it. I don't think he's qualified to be president. Why not? Because I don't think he has the right temperament. I don't think he's got the right judgment. What's wrong with his temperament? Well, you look at the way he's dealt with the Senate, where he goes in there like a, you know, frankly, like a little bit of a maniac. You're you're never going to get things done that way. Okay. I actually agree with that. I agree with that. Why do you hate that statement?
1: Oh, he's absolutely wrong, number one. Oh,
0: really? Okay. Okay. How did it work out when he tried to shut down the government, Leah?
1: No, it doesn't matter. He didn't go in there like a maniac. And by the way, at the end of that statement, Trump says, uh, you know, he's calling people liars. Well, Mitch McConnell was a big liar, and Ted Cruz stood up to him and called him out on it. Mm -hmm. And Ted Cruz does nothing but go by the rules in the Senate. Mm -hmm. And for me, Mm -hmm. for Donald Trump to say that— there is your proof above anything else that he's nothing but a rhino and he will go along to get along. The reason why Donald Trump is so popular is because people believe he's never going to do that. That's a fair
0: that, point. That's a that fair he's point. he's going
1: to go rabble rouse everybody. You know, and that's... boy, did he set himself apart from, from a cruise and make him look bad.
0: Okay, I think that's a fair point although it's it's not the primary issue as I see it here but I agree with you that that he may have just revealed that that the perception of him as a guy who's just going to come in there and a bull in a china shop uh is wrong of course he's never going to get elected so this is irrelevant but I understand your point there but let's go to Cruz see I, I I think Cruz is a wonderful U.S. senator I'm glad he's in the U.S. Senate. And much like Donald Trump is a fantastic talk show host or guest, Ted Cruz belongs in the U.S. Senate. Maybe a U.S. Supreme Court justice someday. That's fine, too, because he's clearly a constitutionalist. I'm fine with that. He's not a president. And Trump is right about that. Cruz could never get elected and Cruz could never govern if elected, because he's the type of guy, the type of guy who's going to go on a suicide mission to shut down the government, and who everybody hates in the Senate, and that's a fact, everyone does hate him, better for worse, is not a president. That's well, a, those are two totally different jobs, Leah. i tell you
1: what, he is nothing but principled. He is a a principled guy,
0: and God forbid we have a principled president. I'm not against principle, but the reality (laughs) is everybody, people have different skills, and they belong in the jobs that best fit those skills. Ted Cruz cannot get elected and would be a poor president if elected. Now, let's go back to the politics of this. The the politics of this are very interesting because— as I've said, Trump now has, has, has started to attack him. I think he's attacked him in a way that can be effective. Uh, you know, from an, and if it's effective in Iowa, if it's effective in Iowa, here, here's where the, what's really important about this. If Trump is as effective in destroying Cruz in Iowa as he was Carson, that means he's going to win Iowa. And if Donald Trump wins Iowa... It's over. Look out! Look out! If Donald Trump wins Iowa, folks, if he gets thirty percent or more in Iowa and wins that caucus, he will win New Hampshire, and he will then win North South Carolina. He will win. He will win the first three, barring massive catastrophe. At that point, everybody else is out of the race, except maybe Cruz and Rubio. And I, it will take moving heaven. And Earth, just to make sure that Trump doesn't get the 1,200 delegates before the convention, so that maybe, just maybe, there would be a way to stop him. And I'm being optimistic here because I, I think my my initial reaction is yours, Leah. If he wins Iowa decisively, over. it is over.
1: Now. It is, don't think for a minute that Ted Cruz doesn't know that because no hands down. He is the smartest guy on that stage. Okay. So, so Ted Cruz is either going to roll over or he's going to wipe the floor with him on Tuesday.
0: Oh, but he can't do that because the, the tweet already locked him in. Donald Trump that, is terrific. No, because Donald, Donald Trump, Trump, Trump said is that today. Donald Trump is terrific. I'm sorry, Cruz is checkmated. I, I, I nah. I, I, we'll, we'll see. Nah. Right, we we got to talk more about this. And now we're number three of the John and Leah Show <laughs> on the Free Speech Broadcasting Network.